Hello and welcome to Whatever It Takes Radio, helping you do whatever it takes to succeed in marriage and in life. I'm your host, Paul Speed, and today I am in the studio with my beautiful wife, Jenny. Hello, Jenny. Hey, honey. It's wonderful to be with you again. And um, I've got a subject today that we're going to talk about that I think is very pertinent to the listeners. It's a subject that you and I have um, not only had to deal with with things in our past, but also in our marriage. And it is along the subject line of bitterness. Yeah, unfortunately, I think most of our listeners uh, probably have struggled with this at some point in their life. I know that I certainly have. And um, we see how it affects marriages all the time. Not only marriages, but singles and how it's affecting relationships in their own lives. Uh, they may be better bitter with a parent and, or a sibling and not realizing that that bitterness is getting carried over into other relationships. Yeah, it's easy to look at kind of what bitterness does to those around us. And that reminds me of Hebrews chapter 12, where it talks about a root of bitterness um, springing up and destroying or defiling many around it. And it's easy to see that where someone who's bitter and what its effect is on those around it. But what I'd like to talk about today is what does bitterness do to us as a person, an individual? And um, why is it so dangerous? And um, I'm reminded of the um, quote by Nancy Lee DeMoss, where she says, bitterness is like drinking poison and waiting for the other person to die. Um, They don't die, you die. And um, we're going to talk about that and how um, it does destroy us in a minute. Yeah, you know, one of my friends, Jennifer Thomas, said to me one time as we were talking about this issue of bitterness, she said, bitterness rewrites your past, it distorts your present, and it curses your future. And I was like, whoa, that's a heavy statement. And I began to think back through that and look back at my past and realize, boy, that was so true. Because, you know, if you had asked me at the age of um, 12, 13, so what's your life been like, Jenny? I would have said, amazing. I've got a great childhood. You know, I, I grew up being an outdoors girl. I lived outside. I can remember even in the middle of the wintertime, I was outside, you know, playing in the woods and hanging out with all my friends and had a very um, great childhood. But then by the time I was 13, 14, 15, all of a sudden I had swallowed that poison and I was waiting for the people in my life who had hurt me to die. But the reality was I was dying. That root of bitterness had sprung up in me. And, you know, this this statement that my friend Jennifer said that it rewrites your past. At that point, if you had asked me, so Jenny, what was your childhood like? All of a sudden, I couldn't tell you all the good things that happened. All I could tell you was all the bad. (laughs) And I I look back into my teens and 20s, and as I went through so much uh, trauma in my life and, um, you know, immorality and all these things, it was all because of this word bitterness, you know? I was a 12-year-old little girl who said that when she grew up, she wanted to be a missionary. And then yet, there I was at at 16, 17, 18, going down a road of incredible immorality, rejecting God, rejecting people, rejecting truth in my life. And how did I get on that road? How did I get off uh, one road, the good road, onto this horrible, destructive road? And it was this word bitterness. I became bitter because Mm -hmm. of wounds that came in my life. I did not process them correctly, and bitterness stepped in. Hmm. Yeah, I was reading recently when it said bitterness um, starts as hurt. In other words, and that's what happened to you as a young lady. 
In other words, with ideals to be a missionary and those sort of things, but then because of hurts and wounds that weren't handled correctly, it um, sent you on a totally different path. And um, I think we both do that. Let's look at that first part. Bitterness rewrites our past. I see that uh, a lot of times with women that come to my Four Days to Hope weekends. They come in on Thursday evening, and you know one of the things I ask is where name and where you're from and how many years have you been married. Uh, or a lot of women will be single, and so um, I won't ask them that. But so the women that have been married, though, uh, whether it's ten years, fifteen years, thirty years, inevitably they will make a comment about how it's been thirteen years or fifteen <laughs> years of miserable you know, misery in my marriage and everything about their marriage has been horrible. It's just been a miserable marriage. And then it's interesting though, Paul, because that's how they come in on Thursday. The whole marriage was a wreck. The whole marriage was miserable. But by the time they leave on Sunday, they're laughing, they're joking, they're talking about their husbands and their marriages with hope in their eyes and in a, a spring in their step. And they're talking about, all the good times that they've had. Oh yeah, two years ago we did. We were doing this and this and this, and my husband did this. And you're like, is this the same woman? <laughs> is this the same marriage? Or was she married before and she's talking about a different marriage? Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, that marriage that was all horrible, now they're beginning to see some of the good times in the marriage. Yeah, were there times of hurt and pain? Absolutely. But now they're beginning to also be able to see and remember all the good. And so that happens not only with a married woman in her marriage, but it happens when we look back into our childhoods and youth, like I, like I said with mine, that you know, for many, many years, my childhood was wonderful. But then all of a sudden when bitterness came in, I couldn't see any good. I could only see bad. And I see that now with young people that come to our whatever, um, whatever it takes uh, singles ministry that we do in the summer. Young people will come in and all they can see is the bad in their parents. Hmm. And they'll just tell you one thing after another that their parents have done wrong. And they can see nothing good that their parents have done. And it's because of this principle of a root of bitterness, poisoning. Right. And it's interesting that to start off with that first one on it rewrites our past because that's exactly what it does. And um, I've seen it in many people around me. I've seen it also in my own life. Um, I look back to times um, with friends and things can be going great for years. But then if a friend hurts me or betrays me, oftentimes the way I dealt with that as a young boy was to become bitter. And therefore, if you ask me, well, what was my relationship like with that person? Oh, it was terrible. It was terrible. I had a job one time. This was while we were married, actually. And it was a good job. In other words, I had a lot of good experiences there. It was very challenging and, um, and very rewarding. But yet it didn't end well. It ended with a, a conflict with a superior who was over me. And, and um, it just wasn't really felt I was treated right and so forth. So when I left there, when I looked back, all I could see was I hated that job. It was terrible. There was never anything good from it, et cetera. I, I remember that. And I remember for years that I would say to you, uh, why don't you think about going back into that field? And it was in hospital management. And, and you had been, you had done really well in that profession. And people were always telling me when we'd go to office parties or we'd do things, people would tell me how, what an amazing supervisor you were and how everybody loved you in the office. And but yet, then after you got fired, or you did, actually didn't get fired, you quit, but it was impending, right? And uh, because of that conflict with the superior. After that happened, for the next 10 years, when I would say something to you about wanting you to consider going back into that field, you were like, I hate it. It was horrible. It was this. 
And I would look at you and say, honey, that's not true. And in reality, what had happened was that the bitterness that you had against that superior, that boss uh, who had that had it out for you, the bitterness now had poisoned the past and mm-hmm. rewritten, poisoned you and rewritten the past so that when you look back on those 10 years in hospital management, all you could see was how horrible they were. You couldn't see all the awards you got, all the times that you were promoted and you were uh, looked at as being a really incredible manager. All you could see was the negative. So yeah, you're right. Bitterness rewrites our past. Yeah, it just magnified the difficult times or the times that didn't go so well. And I forgot all about all the good times. And um, like you said, the things that did go well. So the first one is um, bitterness causes us to rewrite our past. And I encourage you that are listening to um, ponder these things as we talk about them and um, be asking, you know, where has bitterness possibly been in my life and see if you haven't done the same in some of these areas. Because we see this all the time. We see it all the time with people we um, we counsel, we talk with, and um, that obviously come to the weekends. The second one, though, that I um, wanted to touch on is it distorts our present. Yeah, you know, Jeremiah 17, 5 through 8, I like to read this to the women on the weekend because it, it really fits in here really well. It says, cursed is the woman. I, I put woman in there. It says man, but I put woman. Cursed is the woman who trusts in man and makes his flesh her strength. And her heart will turn away from the Lord, for she will be like a brush in the desert, and she will not see when good comes. Mm. Wow, that's a heavy statement. She will not see when good comes. And I like to explain to the women on Four Days to Hope, that's what bitterness does. That when we put our trust in our husbands, or if we're single and you put your trust in a relationship or in your parents, and your father fails you, or your job fails you, or a friend fails you, wherever you put your trust, once they fail you, because you've put your trust in them, all of a sudden your heart will turn away from the Lord, and you will not be able to see when good comes. Mm. You just can't see it. And so that's where bitterness distorts our present, is that when you're bitter at someone, you can't see anything they do right. Right. Uh, I see this in marriages all the time. You know, just meeting with a couple recently and looking at this wife and talking with her about her husband, I can see clearly where bitterness has rewritten the past. As I'm talking to her and I've known them for quite a while and I've seen them do some really fun, amazing things as a family and have some great moments together. But now, because she's struggling with bitterness, she basically looks back at the past and it's totally been rewritten as this Mm. horrible, horrible marriage for as long as they've been married. And then how bitterness is distorting her present. No matter what her husband does today, Mm. he can never do anything right. Every time he tries to step into her life and do something good, she can't see the good because bitterness is now distorting the present. Hmm. I think that's one of the ways it distorted my present. In other words, the bitterness that you and I went through years ago with... um, um, having to relocate and selling our property and losing the business in North Carolina. And we, we moved um, to Florida and um, I became very bitter. I was bitter at you. I didn't feel you were supporting me. I didn't feel you um, heard me through that process and were with me. And because of that, that uh, bitterness kind of created what we like to call like a filter. It was like a, it was a judgment that I had against you. But what it did is it created like a filter, like a screen that I would look through. And it really didn't matter what you said to me or what you did for me. Uh, You could buy me a season pass to Disney World and take me to the beach or my favorite places. 
and yet I would still not be able to see clearly that you're really deeply desiring to do anything good for me. In other words, I would write it off in my mind as, as some other reason, or you're trying to manipulate me or something else. I couldn't see that you were ever trying to do good to me because I was bitter with you from the past and I wasn't willing to let that go. Yeah, I remember during that time that uh, you actually said to me one time when I was trying really, really hard, I, I knew you were bitter at me. And, you know, I hadn't been supportive of you. And uh, it was a very, very difficult time when the economy crashed and we lost our business. And then we were faced with having to sell our land, our property, our animals, our horses, or, you know, everything that we had. And it, it was a really difficult time in our lives. But I remember that um, I didn't support you. I wasn't getting behind you when you wanted to sell everything and move and all that. But then when I realized it, I realized I was wrong. I came back to you and I remember coming just weeping in tears and said, I am so sorry for the way that I reacted. And it was a few days later. I'm so sorry for the way that I reacted. I was wrong. Will you please forgive me? But by that time, you had swallowed the poison. Mm -hmm. And you were just totally despondent to me. Right. And um, you were unresponsive. You wouldn't, you just nodded your head and said, sure, fine. And basically what you were saying was, uh, yeah, I'll forgive you, but I'll never forget. Right, right. <laughs> and you'd shut me out at that point. Yeah. I was and, holding, I was, this is because I was holding on to that bitterness. Yeah. And, and it, so nothing I did at that point to try right. to make it up. Um, you just couldn't see anything good. And here's what I remember you saying to me is that anytime I would do something kind or nice or reach out trying to make up for what I had done, um, because you were bitter, you judge my motives. Mm -hmm. And I remember you saying to me one time that I had, yeah, yeah, you did that because uh, you have an ulterior motive. And I'm like, no, I just wanted to be kind. Mm -hmm. But now you're judging all my motives and you see them in the wrong light through this filter of bitterness. Right. Well, we definitely did. And I remember as we tried to walk through that and we had friends that were helping us. And one of the words that kept coming out is um, a lack of sympathy toward one another, one of the phrases. And, um, and that's one of the dangers in this part about um, bitterness distorting our present when we make these judgments, these filters, like you said, toward another, we can't see when good is even coming toward us anymore. It causes us to not have sympathy for one another or be empathetic with one another. And you and I definitely weren't. In other words, I knew you were hurt from leaving North Carolina. and um, But yet when you talked about it, it was like talking to a brick. In other words, that's the way I felt. In other words, I just felt like, whatever, say whatever you want to say, get it out, because you don't understand my pain. I'm not going to understand yours. And I had swallowed that poison. You're right. A bitterness toward you. And therefore it was distorting the present. You were trying to work through and to process and to come to um, some healing and reconciliation with what had taken place. But I was holding on to the hurt. I was holding on to my pain and it was causing me to distort what was going on, what was true in my life at that time. Uh, absolutely. You were totally shut down. Yeah. So the... First one was rewriting our past. Bitterness causes us to rewrite our past. The second one was bitterness uh, causes us to distort our present. The third one, though, uh, and why it's so destructive, is bitterness curses our future. That's a heavy statement, but um, bitterness causes us, you know, just like when we're, we're hurt um, or we grow up with an angry father or someone who hurts us, we focus on them and we 
um, we we say we hate them, and and they basically become what we focus on and zero in on. And lo and behold, what happens? We end up becoming just like them. And yeah. I think we've seen that a lot um, in the people that we've worked with. Yeah, um, it's so true that what someone sin against you literally becomes your own, own sin. Hmm. And I like to say in my women's weekend that the sin that was done against you becomes the root of your own sin. And, and that's what happens. And because we focus on them, we focus on the pain that they've caused in our life and we become bitter. We swallow that poison. And before long, we begin to to act out and emulate them, the very thing that we couldn't stand. Mm. You know, um, I was talking to someone recently, and and I know that in her life, she struggles with anger, she struggles with flying off the handle and, and yelling, screaming, you know, and just can't handle a lot of pressure that comes her way when she feels judged or condemned by family members or whatever. And so then as I was talking to her about her past history and going up and, and trying to identify where do these things start in her life, when I heard the story of her childhood, it was really sad because she told of a father who, who would yell and scream and throw things and break things. And, mm. and she just, and I'm sitting there listening to this and I'm thinking, wow, you're describing you. You're describing yourself. Mm. And um, it was just really interesting how she had allowed herself to focus on that, and now she had become just like that. Um, wow, that's interesting because I was talking to a gentleman just um, earlier today, and he was talking about uh, the first, I don't know, 15, 20 years of their marriage. Um, he wasn't in a good place, and he hurt his wife uh, very deeply with a lot of things that he said to her and um, did to her. And... Um, he said, basically, though, for the second half of his marriage, he's tried to amend that. In other words, tried to do better. He doesn't, quote, do that anymore, etc. But now here they are, 40, 45 years into marriage, and his wife says, you've never loved me. You've never. In other words, rewrote to, the past. The past has been rewritten. And the present um, is true also. It's distorted. He says, it doesn't matter what I do or say she still comes back with, it's been 45 years of blank. In mm -hmm. other words, it's it's terrible. And she can't. And because this, that brings in number three. This is, the bitterness is cursing their future. Uh, apart from them getting help, there really is no hope for them. In other words, it's got to be um, clearly worked through and have that bitterness resolved if there's going to be any hope for their marriage and their relationship. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I can think of another situation where it wasn't within a marriage. It was between a mother and a daughter. And uh, this daughter came to me and she said, I can't stand my mother. She drives me crazy. And uh, you just don't realize how she's just poisoned. Everywhere she goes, she poisons people. And she's just defiling. And I don't want her in my life or around my family. She's just going on and on and on and on. And so I asked her, I said, okay. I said, so here's your homework for... Uh, next week, I want you to write down three things that you can't stand about your mother. And she looked at me and said, <laughs> I don't need time to write down three day things. I can tell you right now a thousand things I can't stand about my mother. And I said, no, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> Just narrow it down to three things. And I want you to think about it and come back and narrow those thousand down to three. 
So she came back the next week and uh, she walked in my office and we sat down. I said, okay, so tell me what the Lord showed you. What's the three things you can't stand the most about your mother? So she described them to me. And so after talking through all those things and identifying with her and actually, you know, really recognizing they were hurtful. They were very hurtful in her life, you know, because we do need our pain to be acknowledged. Mm -hmm. We need to be uh, allowed to, for, to, for, to be validated. But it's when we stay there in that that we become a victim. And so I acknowledged her pain. You know, she had been hurt. But then I said to her, I said, okay, so now I want you to go home and your homework for the next week is I want you to ask the Lord to show you, are those things in you? Oh, she did not like that. She got really, really mad, really, really mad. Because what I could see now is that her, her bitterness was now cursing her future. Right. You know, it had rewritten her past, and there was nothing good she could say about her childhood. There was nothing good she could say about her mother. And as she talked about her mother coming to her house and trying to help her with the kids, all she could do was see the negative with, well, my, my mother comes, come, really comes because she just wants something from me, or da-da-da, you know, it's totally negative. But now that bitterness was cursing her future, and she was becoming like her mother. Mm. And so she did not like it when I said that. And so um, she left, and I prayed hard that week. I was like, Lord, I didn't know what I was going to get when she came back the third week. And because uh, she left pretty mad at me. Well, she walks in the third week, and I remember when the doorbell rang, I went to the door, I opened it, and I invited her in. She had a journal in her arm, and she started weeping. I mean, right there at the front door. Hmm. She wow. started crying, and she said, Oh, Jenny. I can't wait to share with you what God has shown me. And she sat and she read through her journal page after page after page where the Lord had shown her that she was indeed cursing herself, cursing her future, wow. because she was becoming the very person she despised. Mm. Wow, that is so interesting. And unfortunately, it's not just single episodes. We hear this all the time. And I know at Four Days um, to Hope, um, you help women that are struggling with bitterness <clears throat> to be able to walk through and resolve that through forgiveness and um, other things. And I know it's it's not a one-size-fits-all thing that we have to do. Um, but I want to leave our listeners with a, a little hope. In other words, if bitterness has been a struggle um, in your past or you know someone that this is really affecting in this way, um, try to let's talk a minute about what um, I guess your weekend, and also I want to just touch on my four days to freedom weekend, as far as um, some help that's available. In other words, bitterness is causing them to rewrite their past, distorting their present, and cursing their future. But what do you do with a woman, in other words, to help her resolve that and come to that place, like the lady who had the journal? That, in other words, is it just forgiving? Is it just saying, "Well, I forgive this person and I'm going to let it go," or is it there a little more to it that you think is beneficial and helpful? to help someone resolve bitterness in their heart? Well, you know, it, it's forgiveness is a process. Hmm. You know, I guess there are those who can just say, I forgive you, and they totally forgive. Yeah. And uh, praise God for those who can. But for most people, forgiveness is a process, and forgiveness is what releases bitterness. Uh, you know, bitterness puts a person in, in prison. You actually put yourself in prison. Forgiveness opens that prison door and lets you out. Hmm. Right. And so, but forgiveness is a process. It's not just a one-time deal. You have to choose to forgive every day. But it's it's not just saying there's no not, not going to be more consequences. There's not going to be any more. Uh, you know, I'm just going to immediately trust you again. It, you have to walk through. There's 
consequences sometimes when there's been a hurt and a violation. Uh, trust has to be rebuilt. We don't even like to call it trust at Four Days of Hope. We call it confidence. Confidence has to be rebuilt. And, um, you know, you have to identify the blocks. What is blocking me from being able to, to truly forgive? I think on the next podcast, we're going to be sharing what does true forgiveness look like? Because we can talk about bitterness this week, but we still need to go back and say, okay, well, this is what bitterness does. Bitterness is seething anger and trying to, to get back at someone to retaliate, not letting go, hanging on to an offense. All those things describe bitterness. But we need to also look at what does true forgiveness look like. But I, I want to go back to, we talked about us in North Carolina, and we kind of left our listeners with you and I not doing well in, you know, a moment ago, and how we were both bitter with one another. We were both hurt, and out of that hurt, bitterness came. But we did process through it. We were able to come to a healthy place. And I can say that we truly are over that. Mm -hmm. That was many years ago when we were able to forgive one another and walk through it. But part of that was we had to begin to have empathy for one another. And when you have bitterness, there's no empathy, no sympathy, no empathy, sympathy, either one of those. It's yeah. out the window. And it's all about your pain. Right. You can't hear the heart of the other person. You don't care about the heart of the other person mm. because you're in so much pain yourself, you just don't care. And so as you and I begin to process through it in a healthy way, and we actually got counseling ourselves, we found that what was blocking us to forgiveness was that we had judgments against one another and we were looking through this prism of judgments and you know your judgment you said earlier was that I didn't support you and my judgment I had against you was you didn't care about me you know so you come to me and you're like we've got to sell the house and move and I'm like well if you cared about me you wouldn't do that I mean we just moved in two years ago and you you want to sell already so this this judgment came in you don't care about me you don't care about the fact that I've moved 43 times in my life. And so that judgment set up, it just kind of gave license to bitterness to come in. And then when I reacted to you in that way, you made a judgment against me. See, you don't support me. So you couldn't hear what I was saying, and I couldn't hear what you were saying. So now it was about me not supporting you. And so that judgment allowed bitterness to come into your heart. And so for you and I, the thing that was blocking us from being able to truly forgive one another and to have empathy for one another in this situation was we had these judgments against one another. Well, I think that was brought out and um, we were able to reach forgiveness, genuine forgiveness with one another. And um, through that process of counseling, because neither one of us felt heard, like you said, we'd, empathy was not there. Uh, we were not uh, sympathetic toward each person's situation and how they um, how the move and the loss of the business and that sort of thing affected one another Instead, we just blamed one another and so forth so as we were able to walk through that um, we were able to reach a place like you said of genuine forgiveness toward one another and um, that's why you know at my men's four days to freedom weekends um, we don't deal with it the way you deal with it there and, and nor is my weekend intended to be that but I want the men to get to a healthy place um, to where basically they've resolved the things with their past. They're able to move forward and go home and be that instrument in their wife's life if they're married um, and in order to help her or to help them walk through bitterness and hurts they've had toward one another because we all have it and, um, and we all want to be heard. We all want to be understood. And when those things don't happen, we often turn to bitterness and therefore 
uh, these three things happen to us. So it's important for me that I help men get to a healthy place so that they can go back and begin to be an integral part in that um, relationship with their spouse and um, to find healing and forgiveness. So I think um, your four days to hope, my four days to freedom are two excellent ways that um, couples or individuals, if they're stuck in this area, um, can look at for help. Yeah, I know that when a woman comes to four days to hope, uh, a lot of times I find that the present situation isn't really the 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 stronghold. Right. That the the stronghold is really way back in their childhood, and um, then what happens is those emotions from the past get brought into the present situation. So there was a hurt and a wound in their past. They were betrayed by their father, or hurt by their mother, or abandoned by their siblings, or or teased at school by you know other students, or something traumatic happened. A wound came. They felt all alone, they felt abandoned, and then they get married, and all of a sudden, uh, a wound comes in their marriage, and that wound is just now being built on top of the wound that was already there. And so, you know, if they're betrayed in their marriage by their husband, and they already came into marriage with these feelings of betrayal from their childhood, boy, it just gets all blown up, And, and it's really hard to work through the present betrayal because you've never worked through the past betrayal. Mm. And so at Four Days to Hope, we're going back and trying to work through all those emotions and feelings that were unresolved and undealt with as a child uh, or a teenager or young person so that we can then deal with the issues in the present situation. And again, not only just for married women, but single women. I have single women that come all the time, you know, young single women. And I praise God for these young women because I think, wow, they're dealing with these things now so that they're not going to carry them into marriage. But if not, you'll continue to walk through your life, rewriting your past, distorting the present, and cursing your future. We definitely do. And the good news is I'm glad there's hope. There was hope for you and me. And, um, and we've seen it for so many others. Again, this was one of those subjects that I remember years ago, I would say, bitter? I'm not bitter. I would never be bitter because I thought I was so easygoing and I just let things go. But, but it's been a big issue in my life. And I think now that God has opened our eyes to that over the years, we've been able to help more people and more couples with this situation. So thank you, Jenny, for talking about this today. And um, I think as we wrap up, our listeners should have a much better understanding of not just that bitterness, what it does to the people on the outside, but what is it doing to the person who's bitter? And as we said, it's rewriting their past, it's distorting their present, and it's cursing their future. And um, the good news is you don't have to live that way. So if you've got further questions or want to know more about Whatever It Takes Ministries or how we can help you, please contact us through our website or you can call us at 336-310-5050. And I want to thank you again for joining us today. And if you're listening on iTunes, I encourage you to like us. That helps a lot. And if you're listening through the website, that's good also. Please share us with someone that you know. And um, to get the word out, we would appreciate that also. So until next time, remember, your life can be different if you're willing to do whatever it takes. Whatever it takes.